Welcome to today's reading of Daily Reflections. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. All right, AA is a fellowship of men and women who stop drinking and help others to do the same. We are individual members, the product of AA, not representatives, but uh, very grateful people that have recovered much more. Got together with my God, got the home, got the job, got the skill, got the help, got the resources, got the laughter back, smile came back. No more city city slickers, but city uh, encouragers. Encourage you to do the right thing. Choose the right thing. You want to be, you say you're courageous, you say you're brave, brave. do the right thing in the midst of wrong. See how, let's see how brave we are. Amen. It goes for the young folks, you know. Stand up for what is right. God has given us the power and the strength to do what is right. All right, today's reading, I don't know why I got into that. I hope someone uh, enjoys that. I'm Fernando, alcoholic. Today, the 28th of March, AA Thought for the Day, or the Daily Reflection, excuse me, is equality. Our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. Hence, we may refuse none who wish to recover. Nor ought AA membership ever depend upon money or conformity. Any two or three alcoholics gathered together for sobriety may call themselves an AA group, provided that as a group they have no other affiliation. Alcoholic Anonymous, page 563. You know, there's been uh, countless uh, groups or meetings. I have sat there by myself first, and then I got a little sponsee. I got a sponsee, and then there was two of us, then I got another sponsee, and then there was three. Today... On that one, on one meeting alone, 33 people are there, and they're sponsoring each other, and other people have come in. And on birthday day at 9 in the morning, there's only standing room, and it's a dogfight. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to see. A dogfight means it's a lot of talking, and there's hardly any time to get that uh, recovery, all the recovery in. It's a lot of fun. But well, there you go, Alcoholic Now is page 563. So I encourage you to do the same. I encourage you to grab the big book and then there's a need and you can plug in a meeting. Just start by yourself. And if it, God's involved in it and if you pray and turn it over to God, that thing's going to take root and take off and it's going to be out of your hand. That meeting I'm talking about, their savings account is at $10,000. In the beginning, I couldn't pay the rent. It was $20 a day you know, and, and we started at uh, five, six days. Now it's seven days, and it's going on strong. All right, back to daily reflection. It says, prior to AA, I often felt that I didn't fit in with the people around me. Usually, they had more less money than I did, and my points of view didn't jive with their the amount of prejudice I had experienced in society only proved to me just how phony some righteous people were. 
After joining AA, I found the way of life I have been searching for. In AA, no member is better than any other member. We're just alcoholics trying to recover from alcoholism. Beautiful, wonderful share. And little 24-hour book says, When you come into AA meeting, you're not just coming into a meeting, you're coming into a new life. I'm always impressed by the change I see in people after they've been in AA for a while. I sometimes take an inventory of myself to see whether I have changed and, if so, in what way. Before I met AA, I was very selfish. I wanted my own way in everything. I don't believe I ever grew up. When things went wrong, I sucked like a spoiled child and often went out and got drunk. Am I still all get and no give? Meditation for the day. There are two things that we must have if we are going to change our way of life. One is faith, the confidence in things unseen, the fundamental goodness and purpose in the universe. The other is obedience. That is living according to our faith, living each day as we believe that God wants us to live with gratitude, humility, honesty, purity, unselfishness, and love, faith, and obedience. These two will guide us, give us all the strength we need to overcome sin, temptation, and to live a new life, more abundant life. And what are those two things? One is faith, having confidence in God again, having confidence that everything's going to be all right, that all is well. That's a spiritual confidence that comes from the other side. And the other one is obedience, where you're not feeling it when you think it's not there yet. Your confidence, your acting as confidence hasn't taken root yet. It hasn't shown, it hasn't uh, produced a harvest yet. So you stay at it. You stay, that's what obedience is. You, you saw a few set of words, you saw a few examples, and you're obeying to, to get that change. That's what change is all about, folks. Don't quit. Put your finger in your mouth and soak. Let us not do that like I used to do and go drink a wine bottle and cry. This is about growing up, folks, and it's the change takes obedience. Thanking God for the problem, God will use the problem to, to give us joy in the midst of it, to be at peace. Prayer for the day, that I may have more faith and obedience. I pray that I may live a more abundant life as a result of these things. Amen to that. Let's get excited. All right, I got a story here called Breaking Point. This is from Jack S. from Fremont, California. I've been in a Fremont, California meeting, as I told you before. I passed through there. And I got off the freeway, off the 680. It was just too crowded. And I said, I'm going to find me a meeting and spend an hour there. And sure enough, I found that Freeman group. Thank you for being open at that time of the day. The breaking point. My wife and I separated this past summer. She moved out of our house in July and rented an apartment in San Francisco. Her decision to end our seven-year marriage was a shock. Maybe it shouldn't have been. Nevertheless, I had been happy enough, but she was not. After the separation, I knew what I should have done. I once heard an AA speaker say that if you love someone, you want that person to be happy. And if she is happy being someplace else, then wish her well and let her go. 
I couldn't let her go. However, after an initial period of shock and dismay, I stuffed my feelings and carried on for two months as if nothing had happened. Then one day the feelings exploded. Unable to stand the pain, I said the fateful words, I'll drink today and quit tomorrow. You know how that turned out. I drank for a week, unable to stop. At last, I sent out an urgent SOS to AA friends. They arrived at my house promptly, dusted me off, and took me in for the night. The next day, my new sponsor drove me up to a rehab center. I have never had a sponsor before. I have been in and around the edges of AA for 10 years, and I had never had a sponsor. I spent seven days up at the rehab center hanging on the clothesline. Leave him alone. He'll be okay as soon as he drives, dries out. When I got back, I began to go to meetings daily. I haven't missed a day since. A couple of days after I got back, I had my one and only spiritual experience. I was 10 days sober. I hadn't slept well for quite some time. I was feeling terrible. I was depressed, weak, and thoroughly miserable. It felt like a gigantic hand was holding me in a tight grip and wouldn't let go. I got up early that morning around 5.30. I went out on the deck of my house to have a smoke. The sun was not up yet, but it was light enough to see. The sky was overcast. It was quite quiet and peaceful. Suddenly, <clears throat> three words popped into my head. It seemed to me that the words were spoken, and if I remembered correctly, they also appeared visually in my mind. In glowing letters like a neon sign, the words were clear. Make a decision. Make a decision? In the moments that follow, I was filled with a sense of peace such as I hadn't felt in months. It was as if that hand that had held me up in its grip for so long had suddenly let go. I think I now understand the significance of this moment. I think God was both giving me the thumbs up sign and pointing a finger to another decision he wanted me to make in the future. I had already made one decision. Fogged as my mind was, I saw clearly at the rehab center that I had made a number of serious mistakes. That it is putting that is putting it mildly. For 10 years, I have been fooling around with the program. I didn't have a sponsor. I went to only one meeting a week. I wasn't reading the big book. I had done the steps haphazardly on my own terms. I had telephone numbers, but I never called anybody, except finally when I was in desperation. I had no AA friends with whom I socialized. By the time I got back from the rehab center, I had resolved to change all that. I had a sponsor. I was determined to do 90 meetings in 90 days. I decided to go up to people before meetings, smile, say my name, and offer my hand in friendship. Whereas before, I would sneak into meetings and wait for people to approach me. I began to read the big book again, too. For months, it had been gathering dust on my coffee table. I promised myself that I would read something out of the big book every day. One day I forgot. That night when I went to bed, I couldn't sleep. I tossed and turned for an hour. Aren't you forgetting something? I said to myself. I switched on the light and read for half an hour. Then I turned off the lights and slept like a baby.
I'll do anything my sponsor tells me to do, I said to myself. If he says to come over to his house and clean the toilets while reciting the serenity prayer, I'll do it. He, he hasn't asked me to do this, fortunately. Looking back on all this, I think that this slip was necessary. God had to crush my self-will. For 10 years, I had been trying to tailor make a program that would suit me. I had tried to find an easier, softer way. I resolved this time to do the program the way the book says to do it. Rather than doing it my way, my way didn't work. Now I have another decision to make. Last Thursday, I began to work the steps. For the first time, systematically, and with my sponsor. We are doing it one step a week. Next Thursday is step two, and in a week after that, step three. Become willing to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Am I ready to make that decision? I think so. I know that the breakup of my marriage didn't cost my slip. My marital woes may have triggered the binge, but the cost was ego, self-will, and just plain stupidity. I come to see that my separation from my wife is not so tragic. It happens to a lot of people. The program has helped me get some perspective. If there's a lesson in this, it's that the separation and divorce can be painful, but separation from AA and from God can kill the alcoholic. I hope and pray I will never forget this lesson. Thank you, Jack S. from Fremont, California. Amen. And let's go ahead and finish this with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep saying, I am very fortunate that God loves me. Keep saying that until it becomes a truth. I am very fortunate because God loves me. And your subconscious mind will tell us the reasons that God loves us, the many past reasons he loves us, and we'll be 100% convinced that God loves us and we deserve good things. So keep saying, I am very fortunate that God loves me. Greetings. Reading Elnon literature. This is an incredible letter. These are tools for recovery. And it helps us in every form of life. So we, we keep these so we can pass it on to fortunate people that are going or are in the alcoholism family, locked in it. It's very hard to do to bring the person to responsibility if, it, if it's ourselves or another person or a loved one. But these are the tools that works for us. Their words and their prayers and God is involved. The first one is serenity prayer. Elements suggest the words of the serenity prayer can help us gain perspective, sort out what we can and cannot do, and know when to act and when to let go. Let's pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Slogans. 
Elanon uses slogans to assist members to recover during difficult times. These are bullet points. Acceptance has to occur before change can occur. An expectation is a resentment waiting to happen. Anger is just one letter short of danger. Are you seeing the disease or the person in real life? Ask yourself, would you rather be right or happy? Be honest, but for the grace of God, there go I. Take your own inventory. Talk and grow. Uh, principles above personalities. Progress, not perfection. Detach. Don't ever think about changing. Denial, fear, three Gs. All that good stuff. Amen. Isn't that good stuff? God bless you. All right, Men at Work, Alcoholic Anonymous, Big Book Reading. Thank you, everyone, for coming in today's reading and reminder that this word reminds of where I used to be because I have a forgetter. I forget. So I'm so very thankful that Rick comes in, myself and other people sometimes to help read the reminders of how it was and where we don't want to go back to. Let's go ahead and pray with the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. All right, the set-aside prayer. Lord, I set aside everything I think I know about you, about my fellow man, this program, for a fresh new revelation in you and my fellow man and these 12 steps so I can be, we can be better service in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, page 24. I'll start off. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. The almost certain consequence that follows taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us if these thoughts occur, they are hastily and rarely supplanted with the old treadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of that kind of thinking, of, I mean, failure of that kind of defense that keeps one from pruning his hand on a hot stove. Pass? So I'll be saying himself in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time, so here's how. <clears throat> or perhaps he doesn't think at all. Often of us us began to drink in this nonchalant way, and after the third or fourth pounder on the bar, said to ourselves, for God's sake, how do I ever get started again? I only have that thought supplanted by a wall, so I've a sixth drink, but what's the use anyhow? And this sort of thinking is finally established in individuals with alcoholic tendencies. He's probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, may die or go purely insane. 
If you start looking back, it's been confirmed by leaders of Omaha throughout history. But by the grace of God, there will be a thousand more convincing demonstrations so many of us want to stop but cannot. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed to a fourth dimension of existence of which we have not even dreamed. The great fact is just this, and nothing less. We had had deep and effective spiritual experiences, which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we can never do for ourselves. If you are seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no middle of the road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible and we had passed into the region from which there's no return through human aid. We had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could. The other was to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. Page 62, please. <clears throat> Self-centeredness, we think, is the root of all our troubles. Driven by hundred forms of self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity, we were simple on our toes and our fellows and we were Italian. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we would invariably find that in some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which is later places in a position to be hurt. So what troubles we think are basically our own making. They, they arise out of ourselves. And the alcohol is an extreme example of self-will when right. And when, though we usually don't think so, above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. What often seems to be no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid, many of us had moral, physiological convictions galore, but we could not live up to them. And even though we would have liked to, neither could we reduce our self-centeredness, but much by wishing or trying on on our own willpower. We had to have God's help. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. And we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new triumphant arch through which we pass through freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things follow. We had a new employer being all powerful. He provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life as we felt new power flow in. As we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, 
as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. Pass. We are now in step three. Maybe said to our maker, I've been restored him. God, I offer myself to thee and build with me and do with me as thou will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I better do thy will. Take away my difficulties and victory over them. May I bear witness to those who I would help of thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking a step. Make sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Amen. Page 76, Rick. When ready. <clears throat> Which page? Seven, um, 76. 36, yeah, he said 72. Yeah. Well, here we go. When ready, I say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray now that you remove me of every single defect of character which has my way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength that I go out there to your pity. Amen. We may, we have now completed step seven. Amen. Page 86, please. On awakening. <laughs> On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. We used to be the hunch of occasion, um, or a occasional inspiration and gradually because it worked part of the mind. Be still experience we have just made conscious contact with God. It's not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for the presumption of all sorts of obscure actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration we come to rely upon. As we... As we we usually conclude this period, this period of meditation with a prayer that shows around the day what our next step is to be. And we'll be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We especially ask for freedom of self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others are to be helped, we are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that. It doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to religious denomination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members or religious bodies, we have been. We sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers, which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. 
We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decision. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easy, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works, it really does. Page 416, please. 
of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we carefully follow directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. Page 43, please. Most fully alcoholic programs has no effect on his mental defense against his first strength, except for a few rare cases. Neither nor any other human being can provide such defense. This defense must come from a higher power. Amen. D.N., beautiful, beautiful words of life. Thank you so much for coming on here, everyone. Everybody, God bless you, Rick. We'll see you tomorrow. And give them heaven, oh. brother. Okay. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Reading from the little 24-hour book, the second half, Meditation for Today. The consecutive readings. Let's pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. As I continue on my spiritual journey, I will seek and follow divine guidance and know there is always a place prepared for me. Nothing but my own pride and fear can keep me from my dwelling place with God. I need not strain or struggle to obtain that which God wants me to have. My only responsibility is to accept God's guidance and follow the highest principles in all my affairs. Constant effort is necessary if I am to grow spiritually and develop my spiritual life. I must keep the spiritual rules persistently, perseveringly, lovingly, patiently, and hopefully. By keeping them, every mountain of difficulty shall be laid low. The rough places of poverty of spirit shall be made smooth. And all who know me shall know that God is the Lord of all my ways. To get close to the Spirit of God is to find life and healing and strength. Spirit power comes from communication with God. In prayer and times of quiet meditation, I must constantly seek spirit communication with God. This is a matter directly between me and God. Those who seek it through the medium of the church do not always get the joy and the wonder of spiritual communication with God. From this communication comes life, joy, peace, and healing. Many people do not realize the power that can come to them from direct spirit communication. I try to grow in this new life. I will think of spiritual things often and unconsciously. I will grow. The nearer I get to the new life, the more I will see my unfitness. My sense of failure is a sure sign that I am growing in the new life. It is only struggle that hurts. In slot, physical, mental, or spiritual, there is no sense of failure or discomfort. With struggle and effort, I am conscious not of strength, but of weakness until I am really living the new life. But in the struggle, 
I can always rely on the power of God to help me. The elimination of selfishness is the key to happiness and can only be accomplished with God's help. We start out with the spark of the divine spirit, but a large amount of selfishness. As we grow and come in contact with other people, we can take one or two paths. We can become more and more selfish and practically extinguish the divine spark within us, or we can become more unselfish and develop our spirituality until it becomes the most important thing in our lives. Fear is the curse of the world. Many are our fears. Fear is everywhere. I must fight fear as I would a plague. I must turn it out of my life. There is no room for fear in the heart in which God dwells. Fear cannot exist where true love is or where faith abides. So I must have no fear. Fear is evil. But perfect love casts it all fear out all fear. Fear destroys hope, and hope is necessary for all of humanity. I must work for God, with God, and through God's help. By helping to bring about a true fellowship of human beings, I am working for God. I am also working with God because this is the way God works. And He is with me when I am doing such work. I cannot do good work, however, without God's help. In the final analysis, it is through the grace of God that any real change in human personality takes place. I have to rely on God's power and anything I accomplish is through His help. I must prepare myself by doing each day what I can to develop spirituality and to help others to do so. God tests me and trains me and bends me to His will. If I am not properly trained, I cannot meet the test which, when it comes. I must want God's will for me above all else. I must not expect to have what I am not prepared for. This preparation consists of quiet communion with God every day and gradually gaining the strength I need. The joy of true fellowship shall be mine in full measure. I will reveal in the joy of real fellowship. I will rebel in the joy of real fellowship. There will come back a wonderful joy. If I share in fellowship now, fellowship among spirituality-minded people is the embodiment of God's purpose for this world. To realize this will bring me a new life joy. If I share in humans, humanity's joy and travail, a great blessing will be mine. I can truly live a life not of earth, but a heaven life here and now. It is the quality of my life that determines its value. In order to judge the value of a person's life, we must set up a standard. The most valuable life is one of honesty, purity, unselfishness, and love. All people's lives ought to be judged by this standard in determining their value to the world. By this standard, most of the so-called heroes of history were not great men. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? If he loses his own soul, my five senses are my means of communication with the material world. There are links between my physical life and the material manifestations around me, but I must sever 
sever all connections with the material world when I wish to hold communi- communion with the great spirit of the universe. I have to hush my mind and bid all of my senses be still before I can become attuned to receive the music of the heavenly spheres. It seems as though when God wants to express to man what he is like, he makes a very beautiful character. Think of a personality as God's expression of character attributes. Be as fit an expression of God-like character as you can. When that beauty of a person's character is impressed upon us, it leaves an image which in turn reflects through our own actions. So look for beauty of character in those around you. Simplicity is the keynote of all of a good life. Choose the simple things always. Life can become complicated if you let it be so. You can be swamped by difficulties if you let them take up too much of your time. Every difficulty can be either solved or ignored and sometimes better substituted for it. Love the humble things of life. Reverence the simple thing. Your standard must never be the world's standard of wealth and power. Gently breathe in God's spirit. The spirit which is not barred out by selfishness will enable you to do good works. This means rather that God will be enabled to do good works through us. We can become a channel for God's spirit to flow through us and into the lives of others. The work that we do can can do will only be limited by our spiritual development. Let our spirit be in harmony with God's spirit and there is no limit to what we can do in the realm of human relations. Chips. Let's bless the Lord. Persevere in all that God's guidance moves us to do. The persistence carrying out of what seems right and good will bring me to the place where I would be. If I look back over God's guidance, I will see that his leading has been very gradual and that only as I can have carried out his will and his wishes as far as I can understand them, has God been able to give me more clear and definite leading. I am led by God's touch on a quickness, responsive mind. I must remember that in spiritual matters, I am only an instrument. It is not mine to decide how or when I am to act. God's plans, all spiritual matters, it is up to me to take myself fit to do God's work. All that hinders my spiritual activity must be eliminated. I can depend on God for all the strength I need to overcome those faults that are blocks. I must keep myself fit so that God can use me as a channel for His Spirit. I must have a singleness of purpose to do my part in God's work. I must not let material distractions interfere with my job of improving personal relationships. It is easy to become distracted by material affairs so that I lose my singleness of purpose. I do not have time to be concerned about the multifarious concerns of the world. I must concentrate and specialize on what I can do best. Withdraw into the calm of communion with God. Rest in the calm and peace. When the soul finds its home of rest in God, then it is the real life begins. Only when you are calm. Jimmy, sir.
Yeah, let's pray. All right. <laughs> let's pray the serenity prayer and then the set-aside prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Set-aside prayer. Lord, I set aside everything I think I know about you, about my fellow man, about this program for a fresh new revelation in you, in this program, and my fellow man, so I can, so we can be of better service. Amen. In his name we pray. Amen. All right, Amen. St starting from page 86, would you please uh, kick it off? Sure. Thank you. In a way, you let us think about the 24 hours ahead, because there are plans for a day before we begin. We ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking Him to divorce us from self-pity, dishonest, self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with insurance. After all, God gives, brings, and use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane, and our thinking is clear of wrong motives. And thinking about our daily phase and decisions, we ought to be able to determine which course to take. Here, we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come out. We'll try this for a while. What used to be a hunch of the occasional inspiration gradually becomes working part of the mind. Uh, being still in church and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for the presumption of all obscured actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find our thinking will come as time passes. Be more and more on the plane of inspiration we come and rely upon. Amen. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books about also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. We quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decision. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works, it really does. Uh, page 416, please. Okay. Uh, it helped a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue. I have been drinking a result of a compulsion, even though I have not been aware of the compulsion at the time. And that sobriety was not a matter of willpower. The people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had. But I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security and I'm familiar. 
I lost the seven has been the key to my drinking problem. After I've been around AA for seven months, tapering off of alcohol and pills, not finding the program working very well. I was finally able to say, okay, God, it's true. Of all people, strangers may seem, even though I didn't give my permission, really, really, an alcoholic source, and it's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not one single compulsive drink. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay sober. Until I could accept... I cannot, until unless I accept life completely in life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Let's turn to page 419, please. Then in one day, I was told that I had the lenses in my glasses backwards. The courage to change the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my marriage, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA had given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, and grow. I can do the same with an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on its defects, late stars, long drunk logs, cigarette smoke, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I can add to the meeting, then what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind what's good about it rather than what's wrong with it, the meaning keeps getting better and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. 420? 420? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Perhaps the best thing for me to remember that my serenity is universally proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectation of math and other people, the lower my serenity. I can watch my serenity level down and watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations. But my rise turn to move in. They too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rise as well as my expectations by asking myself, how important is it? Uh, really, how important is it compared to my serenity and my emotional sobriety and when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than anything else that I can maintain at a higher level at least for the time being. Seminary has been the key to my relationship with God and I never just sit around and do nothing but some waiting room to tell me what to do. Whether I do what's in front of me that needs to be done and leave the results up to him however that turns out. That's God's will for me. I must keep my magnifying mind on my acceptance and even on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my serenity is directly proportional to the level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I never had so good. Thank God for AA. Amen. Thank God for AA. Let's turn to page 100. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands we're better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstance. 
Page 83, please. If, 83. If we are painstaking about this phase of development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will totally know how to handle situations with used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Page 85, please. Yeah, he's a little uh, on our spiritual program at Rest on our Laurels. We are in for trouble if we do for alcohol and subtle folk. We're not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve of the conscience of a maintenance of a spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry out that vision of God's will into our activities. How many of us serve these? I will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts that go with us constantly. We can exercise them. <coughs> our willpower along the line all we wish is probably use the will many much has already been said about receiving strength inspiration and direction from him who has all knowledge and power if we carefully follow his direction we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us to some extent we have become god conscious we have to begin and develop a vital success but this must be we must go further no must that means more action Amen. Let's turn to page 43, please. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases. Neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. D.N. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful words of life. Amen. Our defense must come from the fourth dimension, from a spiritual angle. Thank you so much for coming on here today. Let's go ahead and close out with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, everyone. Bye, Rick.